Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Sports Podcast, our NCAA Baseball Regional Edition, as East Carolina gets set to host the Greenville Regional coming up with games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and perhaps on Monday, as East Carolina welcomes Virginia, Coastal Carolina, and Coppin State to town for this regional. Joining us on our podcast for Not On Your Side Sports, part of our team, Ken Watlington, of course, our main news anchor. He does a lot of stuff with sports as well. And Jason Boyd, who's, I'm not sure what his title is, but he does everything and anything that's <laughs> digital. And he's a godsend to our website at WNCT.com. So welcome, gentlemen. When you first saw the brackets come out, give me your first thoughts of what you were thinking about. Uh, well, my first was state didn't get in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's tough. Now they've that. lost their home run hitter. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Tanks is transferring. Yeah. That's part of the NIL. But you know, I, I heard some of the Pirates players say the same thing I thought when that first thing came up and they were in the top eight. I'm like, is is that right? Yeah, are, right. Are they, are they a top eight seed? Because they didn't have them numbered. Right. They just had the eight. They screens. just said, here are your top eight, yeah. and it showed the guys up there at the right. you know, Town Bank Tower. I was like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what Cliff said. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't sure at all. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of fascinating, really. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. What about you, it's, Jason? It's the uh, tradition, like you see, of the regular teams like Tennessee, Stanford, Oregon State. But it's also some of the newer names that you're not used to seeing, like you know, Southern Miss hasn't been back for a while. Louisville, you know, Auburn, Maryland, Georgia Southern's right. You don't not used to seeing a Georgia Southern team mention anything, you know, way back in the day, maybe in Division Two or One Double A. So it's really interesting to see what their program has done. So that's probably the thing that uh, comes up the most is the fact that you've got so many uh, traditional teams that are in there, but there's so many different names. I mean, I'm looking at the bracket and I don't even know what DW, DBU is. In the that's bracket. Dallas Baptist University. Yeah, DBU, okay, Dallas Baptist. I knew that one. Yeah. I should have figured that out. So. I don't know their mascot. I think they're the Patriots? I don't know. I'm not sure of that either. <laughs> Do you know we'll the only you. two programs to host four consecutive regionals in the NCAA baseball tournament? Which two programs they are? I know one of them, and it's East Carolina. East Carolina and Stanford. Really? Okay. The only two. And that's fascinating to believe if that you is. think about it. because And the old saying, every time ESPN comes on, they'll say that East Carolina has gone to the most NCAA tournaments without going to Omaha. And it's kind of you know, something that's kind of set in East Carolina's way. The difference this year, though, is – and being over there today for practice, you know, it's a loose group. I mean, they're not even thinking about – all they're thinking about is going out and trying to win another baseball game. You know, nobody's talking about the 18-game winning streak. Nobody's talking about, oh, Virginia from the ACC is in town. I mean, it's really a galvanized group. And, and I was really – I watched Virginia practice, and, and a, co- a couple of coaches were on some of their players hard. I mean, <laughs> it was completely different. So, I think maybe Virginia, because some people have favored Virginia in this regional. You know, Virginia won a national championship back in 2015. Coastal Carolina won a national championship mm-hmm. in 2016. 16. Congratulations, Pirates. You're the eight seed, but you get to host some teams. Obviously, yeah. none of the players on the current teams played for those right. teams a couple of years ago, but still, they've got the pedigree of, of being able to win regional, super regionals, and then the whole thing. Up first for East Carolina is Coppin State coming up tomorrow, 1 o'clock start time. Coppin State, just 24 and 28. They had a winning record in the MEAC, and then they won that double elimination tournament. I think they went 3 and 1 in the tournament, but they were able to beat Delaware State twice, I think, to advance to their first ever NCAA. So you got two national champions, you got East Carolina, and 
then you got Coppin State who's never been anywhere before. And it's the second straight year ECU gets a team from the MEAC. Right. And, and you, you know, you can't take Coppin State lightly. They got hot at the right time. Last year, Norfolk State <laughs> had the lead, lead late. Yeah. Thomas Francisco they, came to the rescue. Saved the day. He most certainly did. East Carolina as the number eight overall seed in this tournament. We talked about the surprise a little bit. The reason I was so surprised is I remember in 19, uh, the Pirates had an RPI of five, a strength of schedule that was way up there as well. They had a great, great season. I think they were 47 and something. Had a great season. And when they didn't get a top eight national seed, Cliff Godwin said, and he kind of said it kind of semi-privately, but he, he was like, Fellas, we may never get a top eight because with this resume and we can't get a top eight seed and then all of a sudden his team wins 18 straight games, you know, three weeks ago, they weren't going to be in the tournament. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're going to make the tournament. Where are they going to go? Charlottesville? They're going to go to Chapel Hill? Are they going to go to Maryland? And then all of a sudden it was like, do they have a chance to host? Then all of a sudden (laughs) it was, they are hosting. And then... They're a number eight national seed. And I'm sure those outside of uh, looking at East Carolina every day can make an argument that maybe there's some other teams out there more deserving of a top eight seed. But when you look at the Pirates, they haven't lost since April. Right. That's incredible. They ran away with the league with the regular season title. They swept through the conference tournament. Uh, They did what they needed to do to put themselves in this position. Uh, Sure, you could pull out the analytics and say, well, the Pirates haven't beaten a top 35 team since they beat Maryland. Well, Maryland's really, really, really good. Uh, you know, and you can just pull out some of the analytics, but when it came to it in the last six weeks, eight weeks, the Pirates have been unbeatable. And you really feel like the sense that, you know, if they do have that, you know, that streak in, this is not going to, you know, shake them up. I mean, this team has really grown and, you know, uh, come a long way from the very beginning with all the problems they had at the start of the season to where now, you know, obviously they want to see the, the streak continue. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But if you see them lose, I don't think you'll see this team. Uh, implode in such a way because they have been through so much to get to this point. It seems like they're battle tested in a sense, and that's really going to help them more so than maybe you know who they play or, or how they perform after that. If you think about the numbers involved, East Carolina has won 18 consecutive games. Should they win three consecutive games this weekend, that puts them at 21 straight wins, and that puts them in the super regionals. Should they win two more straight games, that would put them at 23 straight wins, <laughs> and that would put them in Omaha. What is the number 20? 23 mean to East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Keith LeClaire wore the number 23, and it gives me goosebumps to think about it. Now, this is a team that doesn't have to win all those games in a row because the way the tournament's set up is double elimination. Now, the key to winning this regional, obviously, you got to be Coppin State, and then you're in that second game. That second game is the biggest game because if you win that one, then you go to Sunday night's game. If you lose that one, you got to play Sunday afternoon. Then you got to play Sunday night and win both of those games and then come back Monday and win that game. So it's a huge difference in, in staying in that winner's bracket. Absolutely. Especially at home. Right. And, and if you do fall in loser's bracket at home, you get that extra juice. And the Pirates have the done home that. Crowd. Yeah, yeah, they did that uh, against NC State, right? Was yeah. it a couple, 19? That was a 19 yeah. year. Yeah. Jake Agnos came out and beat State. Everybody was saying, hey, that Saturday night's going to be a great night in Greenville, NC State and East Carolina, and they both lost. <laughs> so they had to play in the afternoon. Still was a great game, great atmosphere, but... Yeah, so it's it's it's. And I think that's one of the things too. I asked 
Cliff today at the uh, media availability. I said, you know, this team has been through so much. You've been through so much in your career and your coaching career, and you've seen, you've seen every scenario just about. You know, you've run the table in a regional. You've lost the first game in a regional to the Q School. Quinnipiac, or however the heck you say it, never have figured out how to say it. <laughs> Courtney Courtright. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'll call it Courtney Courtright. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, and, and they've done everything. And so I think they're they're galvanized enough to understand what it takes, and they're healthy this year. If you think about last year, and I, I really had forgotten some of this, Lane Hoover was banged up last yep. year. Bryson Worrell could – Bryson Worrell said today he could barely lift his, his arm over his shoulder. Like he yeah. couldn't lift his shoulder up at all in the regional last year, and he played through it or and tried to. Today I remember Coach Godwin said uh, Bryson wouldn't even take batting practice. Right. You know, he, he'd play, and that's all he could do was get out there for the game, any extracurricular, warm-up, anything, couldn't do it. Yeah, and so it's uh, it's a relatively healthy Pirate baseball team. And I asked Coach Mack this. Uh, Kevin McMullen is a former uh, Keith LeClaire assistant coach. He and Cliff Godwin are best of friends, and so we had a chance to interview him and uh, as part of our coverage coming up on uh, Thursday night. And Coach Mack's a great, great guy. Gave me a big old hug with his sweating like crazy out there. Give me big hugs. I'm still smelling from that. But he, he's he's a great you guy. Sure, it's not you. And I know it could be me too. But and I told him uh, when we asked Cliff about it, uh, Cl- Cliff s- said, you know, if I ever get married, you know, Coach Mack will be in my wedding. That's how close we are. So I said, Coach Mack, I said, Cliff said if he ever gets married, you know, you're going to be in his wedding. I said, well, we all know that's a real long shot, don't we? <laughs> wow. So, exactly. Wow. <laughs> and he thought that was funny too. He said he appreciated that. So, <laughs> but but that's how close they are. Yeah. And, and in fact, Cliff said I really didn't like Coach Mack that much my junior year, but my senior year I understood you know what he was all about and we got to be really close and now and coach max said the same thing that that in this business it's such a a small circle that that you have to have guys you can bounce things off and if you remember virginia and east carolina usually scrimmage in the fall and they did this year did this year yeah this because you know they know and brian o'connor the fine coach at virginia i know him a little bit from from talking to coach mac but he came up to me today like we were long lost friends i was was, because everybody loves brian how you doing i was like coach i'm doing great how you doing it was, it was it was awesome. He's he's a class act, and he had a lot of good things to say about East Carolina and Greenville, North Carolina, hosting the regional. When you talk about the Cavaliers, they've got that pedigree of that national championship, and they come in kind of struggling a little bit. They lost five out of seven games uh, coming into this regional, but they did win six of their ten series in ACC play, and the ACC ended up being one of the better conferences in baseball. So. You, you you look at that. Oh, they won. They've lost five out of seven. Maybe that's a good thing, or uh oh, maybe they've they're, they they'll figure it out because they have been successful this season. So if it ends up being ECU and UVA, the one versus the two for the championship, you know which version of UVA will you get? The the one that struggled in the last couple of weeks, or the one that swept Carolina would. Then Carolina goes on to win the ACC. And Coastal Carolina could pull off the upset. We the East Carolina may never even see Virginia. Because Coastal Carolina could knock off Virginia, and then you know, and and you know, Coastal Carolina's in the Sun Belt now. I believe when they won the national championship, they were still in the Big South. That was they they moved to the to the Sun Belt the year after that. But the Sun Belt's got uh, Georgia Southern as a host this year. Yeah, and uh, I believe one of the Louisianas is in the tournament. And there are a couple of Louisianas out there. I'm not sure which yeah. one when it is. Uh, but the, the, the Raging Cajuns, I believe, in. So the, the Sun Southwestern, maybe. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the Sun Belt's a really good conference. So you know, they're battle tested as well. I think you're talking about Louisiana is a three seed in the Texas A&M region. I just found them on the uh, mm-hmm. on the sheet. So, all right, before we close it out, East Carolina, their chances to win this regional this weekend. 
you got to think they're good. I mean, they've played hot. They, they've, they've got, you know, good pitching. Their fielding is, uh, you know, some of the best, you know, they, they don't make errors. You know, some of the best fielding in the country. And you got that home crowd. It's going to be packed. Knock on wood, it's going to be good weather. And, uh, you know, you, you got to like the chances. We hope it's good weather because <laughs> yeah. there is all kinds of thunderstorm activity expected tomorrow. And it wouldn't be an NCAA Greenville Regional without yes. some type of weather delay. Like and that, that's uh, why East Carolina plays in that first game. Yeah. Because the thinking is if we can play in that first game you know they'll be favored they win that first game and then they can rest on their laurels until game two and who knows when game two will be if you have to have a thunderstorm or something <laughs> like up. the 2018 second game they had with uncw and the rain delay and the game right. from first pitch to the final and how bizarre was that game 13 hours right how bizarre was that game east Carolina what, was up six two something like that then wilmington scored nine or eleven yeah, and when it came back yeah that was ugly yeah. and east carolina before we get out of here, east carolina has a pitching staff that has been really really effective in a awkward type way like a left-handed type way because they don't have a, a number one starter that they're, they're you know cj mayhew's kind of taking that role but he can pitch at any time he's a reliever you know Ryder giles was their number one pitcher for a while yeah. this season uh he's kind of cooled off i think some teams kind of figured him out a little bit and i think the coaches had told me that they they thought his arm was getting a little tired at, at one point and he's well rested he didn't play at all down in uh, clearwater so we might see a little bit of him, yeah. and and he, he could be an inning eater too. You know, you get a four, five, six run lead in the first game, and you bring a guy like Ryder Giles in who's going to just mix it up and everything, and force some ground balls, and you know, and that helps your, your and, whole staff. And that's been part of the thing. You know, they struggled, yeah, a little bit early in the season where they tried to figure it out. You know, who was going to be the pitch? You know, the pitchers that they really could count on. And it's I'm not saying it's going to be a staff day every day during the tournament, but it's kind of been that way at times during right. the whole season. It has been, and they've excelled in that. So Situation. So when you've got other teams who aren't used to it, the Pirates are like, you know, we've got these guys that we can count on in, in any situation we throw them out there. And, you know, that's got to be a plus for the Pirates. I asked Coach Godwin, I think it was for the Duke game. I said, Coach, is it a staff game? And he said, Bailey, have you seen this play? <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. It's been a staff outing most of the time. Jason, what are the Pirates' chances? But they, like, like you said, they've proven, I think the tournament was a very good example of just, you know, uh, getting good offense, using that pitching itself. You know, it's not a, a one person dominating type uh, scenario, but that worked out perfectly for them as far as the scheduling, uh, certain players playing, I mean, getting role players, and, and certainly the big guys that certainly stepped up and did their part. I mean, that was a good precursor in a sense for what you can expect. And then you saw what Houston did. Houston had to basically, you know, win twice to get to East Carolina, and that was kind of a, a precursor to what maybe East Carolina could be looking for if somehow they do end up losing that game. But you're right, if they play Friday, they get the momentum, they get off to a good start, they could continue this going. So I, I certainly see them as being the favorites coming in. I, I kind of like the the idea of maybe Virginia not being in the final because, like Ken said, they have been kind of uh, herky-jerky there, and I think maybe some NC State fans might come down to try to uh, yeah. boom off the field or something. <laughs> but but I certainly see East Carolina as, as advancing, and then it will re- be really interesting to see who they get paired up with a Super Regional. Yeah, that would be Texas if uh, if everything holds Ooh. true. Tejas. That? I really thought Carolina would be paired up with East Carolina. I thought they would be because they're so close in yeah. the seedings. I really thought that Carolina would get the eight national seed and North and East Carolina would get the nine. Right. And I think that's what most Pirate fans were kind of thinking. I, I mean, I'm serious, serious. Coach Godwin had a look on his face like he couldn't believe that those Pirates <laughs> were the eight seed. Well, but, they deserve uh, they 18 straight wins. I mean, yeah, hottest yeah. team in the country. And uh, can they keep it going? We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out this weekend. We'll have complete coverage, of course, on Nine On Your Side. For Ken Wallington and Jason Boyd, I'm Brian Bailey. This has been your Nine On Your Side Sports Podcast, and we will see you next time. <laughs>